family and friends, or driving home after the late-night Christmas shopping in the crowds packed into the Vancouver centre. The thought made his shoulders jerk with a shiver. Shaw stood alone. Six feet two, his blonde hair cut short. Slim, neat, and self-contained. His jacket, oilskin, with a Royal National Lifeboat Institution motif on the chest, was zipped up to his chin. The face was broad, with wide cheekbones. The left eye, the blue of falling tap water. The other, blind, a pale moon of white. It was the kind of face that sought open horizons. A face suited to scanning the steppe, perhaps, searching for wild horses, or a distant wisp of smoke from a campfire. A young face, yet one untroubled by the uncertainties of youth. He heard D.S. George Valentine before he saw him, the laboured breathing, the squelch of his shoes in the damp grass. And then he was there, picking his way through the gravestones, carrying two sets of forensic trousers, gloves, and overshoes. "'Tom's down by the lights,' he said, working a cigarette along the thin line of his lips. The smoke drifted into his eyes, making them water. On the fresh night breeze, Shaw smelt alcohol. He slipped the trousers on by balancing on one leg. Valentine leant against a tombstone. "'It's all a bit macabre,' said Shaw, nodding towards the serried lines of open graves, some of the stones set back against the cemetery railings down by the riverside path. "'Did you know this was happening?' His voice was light and held a musical, playful quality that he often suppressed. Valentine shook his head. News to me. There's a pen pusher from the council up at the chapel when you've got a sec. He's got the details. They're getting them all up, reburying the bones, shifting the stones, because the place floods. Spring tides go over the top every time. He stuck his vulture-like head forward on its narrow neck. Global warming. He spat into the grass. Environmental health people reckon it's a risk to the public. Another shrug, touching a gravestone. Last ones down were in the eighties. Well, it's not like they're fresh. So, what have they found? Shaw shook his head. Something they didn't expect to find, I imagine. Valentine pinched out his cigarette, put the dog end in his pocket, and followed Shaw towards the lights. The DS was wrapped in a raincoat with a grease mark where his hand held the lapels together. On the left lapel was a charity sticker, Wood Green Animal Shelter. Valentine loathed pets, but he couldn't resist a collecting tin. He rolled his narrow shoulders and let his head droop his face as sharp and two-dimensional as an axe. He was fifty-three years old, sallow skin hung from tired bones. When the call had come, he'd been in the artichoke, on a settle by the coke fire, cradling a pint. He was profoundly irritated to find himself at work. "'No trouble seeing the fucker,' he said, as they moved into the glare of the harsh white lights. 
He enjoyed swearing, chiefly because he knew it annoyed Peter Shaw. Artificial turf had been laid round the letterbox of the open grave beneath the halogen floodlight. Figures, too brightly lit to be seen clearly, worked at the edges of the hole. One of them wasn't moving, and Shaw realised with a shock that it was a statue of an angel, the hands cupped for water, one heel raised so that it seemed to be caught in the act of stepping forward. As they arrived, they heard the unmistakable sound of rotten wood shearing, two linen bands taking the weight of an unseen coffin as the men tried to edge it towards the surface. Valentine looked away, aware that all too soon his own thin bones might be describing a similar journey, but in the opposite direction. When he did bring himself to look, the split...